0: Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards right alongside Connor Beltrano, and we told y'all to get on the ride because it's gonna be one hell of a ride. And that is, of course, the women's basketball team upsetting number two in the country, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and Caitlin Clark, sixty-five to fifty-eight. And during there was a lot of emotions going on this game. Uh, Connor can confirm I was maybe two steps away from losing our security deposit on our apartment. Um, But we pulled it out. And this is with... I think this is just proof that there is still room on the bandwagon. There will only be a little bit of judgment from me if you jump on it now. We've been on it since, you know, summer. We've been on it since summer. But there's a little bit of room. Left on the bandwagon, but you got to jump on now. Otherwise, you're just going to be disingenuous whenever you cover it.
1: I think that everyone in their right mind is hopping on now. Because this was an absolutely unbelievably gritty performance by K-State on the road. Uh, Sold out. If you go back and watch it, uh, there were some... We don't normally complain about the refs, but even though we want them going to, they were awful at stretches Uh, during this game Uh, not only were they wildly inconsistent both ways, there were several times when there were seemingly phantom fouls being called on K-State and despite K-State really, I think, getting completely hosed by the refs and getting hometowned, they come out on top with clutch performance in the fourth quarter and just unbelievable play by their star Ayoka Lee and then one of their freshman transfers and one of their true freshmen, uh, as Diana Walker, uh, as the transfer from Louisville, and Terrence Sides, the true freshman from Phillipsburg, Kansas, they were electric, especially down the stretch. Uh, I just realized Anna Walker was in double figures mm-hmm. and she was five of 10 from the field. She took a lot of shots, but she was really good. And this team now has defeated Iowa and Caitlin Clark in back to back years, both with aoka Lee and without Aoka Lee, and both times has had has held Caitlin Clark to incredibly inefficient numbers for her standards. Sure, she's still scoring like 20, 24 points, but she's doing on nine of 32 from the field and two of 16 from three. Some of that is luck. You have to have that with a player as good as Caitlin Clark, but some of that is that K State played incredible defense in this matchup. K-State was absolutely fantastic the entire way. Defensively, and a massive, massive hat tip to Jeff Mitty for two years in a row, really having the scheme and also the player archetypes to t- slow down and stall Caitlin Clark at times. I mean, this was probably Jeff Mitty's best coached game that he's had, other than maybe Iowa last year. And defensively, I think this was his best coached game oh, at, at yeah. K State. I mean, this is. A monumental win. Not just to beat number two Iowa, but to do it on the road as well.
0: In a sold-out environment. Yeah,
1: a sold-out environment that truly um, really got pretty loud at times, but every time it got loud, K-State had an answer. Mm-hmm. That was key. Um, especially Gabby Gregory late. She really, really has struggled to begin this year, but she hit a massive three-pointer late in this game to silence the Iowa crowd after they started to build a lead. And that was huge, but I've, I've talked for a little bit, so you talk now.
0: Yeah, I I I'll let you talk about the second Terran sides bit, but the first one that first off Terran sides had eight points, but it may have been the most the eight most impactful points of the game because in the first half, I think second quarter, uh, Iowa was starting to get a little bit of momentum. And then, you know, they start, the crowd was starting to get into it. Terran Sides pulls up with the Marquise Noel shut the hell up three from the logo and shuts everyone up immediately.
1: Yeah, it was a near 30 footer that she hit just out of nowhere. And Zayana Walker was incredulous on the other <laughs> side of the uh, top of the key where she just was like, why are you? T- oh,
0: okay. <laughs> she just shrugged her shoulders like, all right, I'm not mad.
1: But, which we haven't seen Taryn Sides do that yet. Um, she had another three as well, and then she gets fouled late in the game. Uh, to and then to we were up, I believe,
0: three. We were up three,
1: and uh, she's walking down the court. Aoka Lee gives her some uh, encouragement, and as she's walking by Aoka Lee, she doesn't even look up. She just says, "I got you," and goes to the line and drills two free throws like it was absolutely <laughs> nothing to her. That is ice. That is ice in your veins. That is clutch, and Taryn Sides is that. She's the real deal, and she has arrived. This was unbelievable start to finish. This was not the script that K-State normally gets. This K-State was the comeback team and the team that prevailed and the team that was better in the end. K-State outplayed Iowa, and that says a lot. And We're now at a, a point in time where K-State's probably going to be in the top 15 next week after this, so... Buckle up, I guess at this point.
0: Yeah, I also want to point something out about Taryn sides. She's five six. She had six rebounds. Notable. <laughs> I we can just go through the the stat line here. Do You want to take the starters or the bench?
1: Um, I'll take the starters. All right. Uh, we'll start with Ayoka Lee, uh, the woman of the hour. She was fantastic in her long-awaited matchup with Caitlin Clark. Uh, Supposed to happen last year. Gets delayed a year, but it finally has happened, and Aokali comes out victorious. 9 of 14 from the field. Had a few early misses at the rim, but really got into a good groove in the second half. Uh, She was perfect at the line, 4 of 4. Uh, So finished with 22 points and 12 rebounds. Did have three fouls, but two of those came like the first four minutes of the game. And added two blocks, one steal, and those 12 rebounds, four of them, offensive rebounds some of them pretty late as well and were some second chance points she was really clutched down the stretch serena sundell not the absolute best shooting night that she has ever had most of the team this wasn't their absolute best shooting night a lot of honestly like we're coming down from this high of victory but in the first half we were missing a lot of layups i believe it was mitch fortner put out a tweet that said we were four of sixteen uh, on layups in the first half yep. Which was abysmal We were missing a lot of wide open easy ones uh, And Serena Sundell fell victim to that a couple of times as well But she goes 3 of 10 She did make a 3 at one point So she was 1 of 5 there 7 points, 5 rebounds 3 assists, the 2 turnovers She added a block And then 3 steals as well Gabby Gregory, another rough shooting night for her But she made it when she when it counted uh, In 31 minutes she had 7 points 3 of 12 from the field uh, 1 massive 3 on 6 attempts Uh, Did miss all three of her free throws, though, Uh, but she only had one foul, then she had two assists and a turnover. Uh, Jalen Glenn, uh, she had four fouls in this game, so her time was limited. Some of those fouls were really, 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 really bad. And I genuinely, like, indefensible calls from the refs. I'm telling you, the first, like, five minutes of the second half were some of the worst officiated that I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: And we have watched K-State KU for years. I've watched
1: watched K-State KU and Allen and other teams play in Allen my entire life. I'd say this was right up there with like the missed travel, except for, you know, it wasn't the clutch moment, but in terms of just how bad it was. But Jalen Glenn uh, did have a massive steal late uh, in the game. She uh, made a big steal on the inbounds pass to Caitlin Clark. She knocked it away. Uh, She went one of three from the field, one of one from three. Missed two free throws, though. And then she had three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers. And Bradley Glenn finished it out. Ten minutes played, one of three from the field. Two fouls, one assist, two turnovers. So she had two points on the day. But what a day for a Lee. But I think that maybe some of the bench players, in terms of their impact on the game, outshone the starters.
0: Yeah, I mean... You start off with Zianna Walker at 28 minutes, 5 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, made her one free throw, got three rebounds, two fouls, two assists, 12 total points, plus one of the funniest moments where she simply shrugged her shoulders after the next player just hit the half-court three, and that's Terrence Sides, who played 24 minutes, 2 of 6 from the field. The two things she made were threes, 2 of 5 from three, made both of her free throws in the most clutch moment of the game had 6 rebounds at 5 foot 6, 2 fouls, 3 assists, only 1 turnover, 8 total points. And then you have Gisela Sanchez who had an all right game, played some solid defense. Uh 16 minutes, 2 of 8 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 5 boards, 4 fouls, 2 assists, 1 turnover, 1 steal, 4 total points. And I the defensive perf- here's here's what I will say. I think the offense has the potential to grow out from where it is right now. I truly believe that it has the opportunity to grow and as of this current moment, knock on wood, we are one of the best defensive teams in the country in terms of how we play and how when we are in like when we're playing man to man, we just stick to you. Like you cannot separate unless you're on a moving screen which doesn't get called. But like we're just such a sticky Team. Like, we do not let anyone get any space. We are in their face the entire game. And I think that's why Jalen Glenn gets so many steals. But it's not just a Jalen Glenn thing anymore. The entire team has adopted that attitude. And if they continue that attitude, I don't think there's a lot of teams that can score a lot on us. Like, we, this is a team that purely based on defense can outpace a lot of other teams by virtue of just not letting them score. So if we grow into our offense, you know, we shot 6-23, um, so 26% from three. If we can get that up to maybe 28-30%, there are not many teams that are going to be able to keep pace with us. And I think that is the most, I think that's the best and most impressive part of this midi squad. You know, that and you have, you have the center play from Ioka Lee, who is ridiculous, who's Probably going to have another year of averaging a double-double. Uh, Serena Sundell managed to go the distance the entire game. Plus, she managed to collect her first uh, elbow to the face of the year. It was a forearm to the face, but we still count those. And yeah, I think Gabby is going to regress to the Gabby mean eventually. She can start cold, and it sucks, but I don't think that that's going to last for very long. I think at some point, Gabby Gregory is going to figure Gabby Gregory out. So this is, as you can tell, this is the most jazzed we've been about a non-football win, probably in the entirety of the show's history. And honestly, it may be up there with the most jazzed we've been about a win in any sport.
1: I think, in terms of excitement, I felt in the moment, this is slightly below the Big 12 title in, uh, uh, in last year. I, I think that's the, uh, in this era of the show, the only comparable game in terms of what I felt uh, in regards to uh, how a uh, game has gone. I mean, this Iowa team, and on your, your point about defense, this was an Iowa team that last year, they averaged 87.3 points per game. And through three games this year, they had scored 102 80 against the number eight team in the country and then 94. So this was a team that once again was doing really, really well offensively. And then we come in and hold them to 58. That's elite right there.
0: That's elite. Like there's no.
1: Yeah. Last year we beat them, but we didn't hold them to 58 points. We didn't even hold them to 70. They still dropped 83 on us. So they were only four below their season average. We just outscored them. This year, we completely shut them down.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't know what else there is to really say other than what we said at the beginning. There's still room on the bandwagon, but it's leaving fast.
1: Yeah, this team is just so much fun. Uh, this win could be a tone setter for the rest of the season now. I mean, we are... This is... The point where I hope we can look back and say this was the moment that this K-State team went from a very good team to a great team. And I hope that we can keep up this consistency. I hope that we can keep up this level of belief in ourselves and this level of play. Because I think a lot of players on this team deserve that. Because this, it's been a long road. To get to this point, but the stars are aligning. That's what we've been saying. So, this is a potential huge moment for for K-State.
0: Yeah, I, I, we don't have to really cover the Little Rock victory. They don't even have the box score up for it. We ended up beating them 77-39. to 39. There is one more
1: thing I want to say, though. What's up? And it's that we might see Iowa again. We might see them in the Gulf Coast Showcase here in not very long. Like 10 days. 10 days. Because we play Western Kentucky in the first round then either North Carolina or Vermont. Iowa is on the other side of the bracket. So if we take care of business in the first two rounds of the Gulf Coast Showcase, we will face Caitlin Clark and Iowa again. In not very long. Nope. It, it will, yeah. It is That will be happening soon. So don't circle on your calendar yet because we need to take care of business before we get to that point. We need to beat Wisconsin on Sunday. We need to take care of Western Kentucky. And then we need to beat North Carolina or Vermont. Also, Iowa needs to take care of business. True. I imagine they will.
0: They but probably will.
1: There's a very good chance we're going to get round three in the last two years of K-State and Ioka Lee. Well, K State versus Caitlin Clark in Iowa.
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, the the next matchups for K State are this Sunday up against Wisconsin. It's two dollar ticket day. Go! For the love of God, go! If there is any team that deserves this, it is this team. Please, go. <laughs> But after that, it's the Gulf, C- uh, Ghost, uh, Gulf Coast Showcase. That's not easy for me to say. Uh, opening against Western Kentucky, like Connor said. But go Cats, in my opinion, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have any... I don't think anything will quite match the excitement of, of that. But uh, we're not going to talk much about the rule clarification quote unquote for the Big 12 title Uh, it's already been talked about to death we don't like it Um, I don't think it's a clarification I think it's an outright rule change and I think they're just cowardly behavior they're exhibiting cowardly behavior by saying that it's a clarification that's all I really have to say about it I'm upset about it but it's at the point where it's like what what do you what do you want to do about it, I guess?
1: Yeah. I. If this episode had been recorded like yesterday, <laughs> I think I'd be a lot more upset. Or even the day before, I think I'd be a lot more upset. But we just came off of that incredible win against Iowa in women's basketball. And also, it's been talked about so much, I don't feel like I have anything new to say. Yeah. So... I'm not really sure what to to say about it other than I think it's pretty obvious that the Big 12 either intended to say something different in its tiebreaker rules or realized that what they were saying would result in an outcome they didn't desire. And whatever it was, it wasn't a clarification, it was a change. And that should upset everybody. Uh, and especially it should be upsetting given that gene taylor was with the college football playoff committee while that was happening and was not able to be there to fight for k-state in that moment so there there's a reason that well i don't know if it's a reason but it did happen while gene wasn't able to do anything about it i I won't get into conspiracy theories about it that's this is a happy podcast. Yeah, this, is, this is a smile podcast. So yeah, but that is a massive Debbie Downer. But we just beat Iowa, so I don't really care too much right now. <laughs> I'll care about it again tomorrow, though. But that's that's tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Now we go into men's... Actually, no, wait. Uh, Jake Clifton's out for the year. It sucks.
1: Oh, yeah. He is out for the year, and that really stinks because we currently now are down three... Linebackers for the rest of the season. Daniel Green, um, out for the year. Then uh, Asa Newsome as well, and now Jake Clifton. So that's three very talented linebackers that are out. Um, but um, we did see Rex Van Wy play some last week against Baylor, and he was pretty impressive. I liked what he did, and we also saw some Bo Palmer and I thought he was fine. Austin Romaine's been pretty solid this year. He still makes some freshman mistakes, but for a true freshman, I think he's filled in very well at Mike Backer. So it could definitely be a lot worse in the linebacker room than it is right now. If it had been, if it was last year, it would be utter disaster right yeah. now. Like We would be playing like VJ Payne at Mike right now, but <laughs> we are at a point in depth-wise where we're depleted and we're down, but we're definitely not out at yeah. linebacker.
0: Yeah. I think that's the best way to start to talk about it. But now we can talk about the men's Catsketball team. You can tell my voice is a little scratchy. You can tell how, how into the Iowa game I was. Um, the Bellerman game, 83 to 75 victory. Unconvincing, but you take dubs, however they come, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the starters this time. Tyler Perry played 32 minutes, 4 of 10 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. Perfect on his six free throw attempts. Four boards, one foul, five assists, one turnover, one steal, 18 total points. Cam Carter played 34 minutes, 7 of 14 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. Made his one free throw, four rebounds, one foul, two assists, four turnovers, four steals. Turnovers aren't what you like. Uh, Arthur Kaluma. 29 minutes, five of 14, one of five from three, made one of his two free throw attempts, seven boards, two fouls, one assist, two turnovers, two steals with 12 total points. Will McNair, who's been I think the surprise of the year for me uh, at least because at least in his offensive production, uh, four of four from the field, two uh, had six total rebounds, three fouls, four turnovers, one block, eight points, and then David Casson, 30 minutes. 2 of 6 from the field, 0 1 from 3, uh, 2 of 4 on his free throw attempts to progress, uh, 9 rebounds, 1 foul, 1 assist, and 6 total points. So, you know, 3 people in the starting lineup got double digits, but no one really separated, I guess would be the way to say it. Um, like I said earlier, I think Will McNair has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the year, at least for me, because you and I kind of projected him to be more of a defensive guy but he's legitimately been pretty good on offense in the paint. And, of course, naturally, he's getting he's getting a lot of boards as well. Uh, Dave, this isn't the game where he attempted the most hilarious three-point attempt that I've seen since the Michigan State game. That would be up against, San, uh, keep calling of San Diego, South Dakota State. But you'll take this production. You're not going to be, like, overly happy about it, but you'll take the production from the starters here.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was a game that I was actually able to attend, and it was not the best game. Offensively, it was not bad, but we did go through some cold spells like we did a lot last year, um, and defensively left a lot to be desired. But Day Day Ames was great in this game. He um, had a nice uh, first welcome to D1 basketball game uh, for Day Day. Uh, Tyler Perry finally started finding the bottom of the net, uh, and Cam Carter uh, looked really good again. Uh, He was getting to the bucket. But for the bench players, though, specifically, Day-Day Ames, 12 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 1 of 2 at the free throw line. He had a stretch in the first half where he had, like, 6 or 8 consecutive points or something like that. And then he added 6 assists to just 2 turnovers, and he had 3 steals as well. RJ Jones played. He was 2 of 4 from 3, 2 of 3 at the free throw line. Uh, had 1 assist and 8 points. Really nice day for him. Dorian Finister had 10 minutes, play, had 2 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and a foul. And then Jarrell Colbert, he only played 8 minutes. Uh, he had a rebound and a foul. Uh, and That was all that he recorded. So a bit of a quiet game for Colbert. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we ended up shooting 38.7%. Uh, from three uh 44.4 percent from the field i mean i would like us to shoot better from the free throw line 68.2 percent but you know this was a kind of game where you just take the fact that you won and try to walk away and not think about it ever again (laughs) so that's what i'm gonna do so the next game is significantly more impressive that is a 91 to 68 victory up against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. This was another really good environment, at least from what we were able to see on the television. And we didn't fully empty the bench, but we saw a lot more players get in into the game. Uh, Connor, you got starters.
1: Yeah, so this was a lot better, uh, I think, top to bottom for K-State, especially from the two guys that are seemingly taking over the team right now. That's Cam Carter and Tyler Perry. Cam Carter, he played 33 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, made his one free throw attempt. He had two rebounds, six assists, two turnovers, three steals, and finished with 25 points. So that was a career high for Cam Carter. Coming off of a career high uh, against Bellerman that 18 points, I almost forgot it was a career high because of this game. And Cam looked really good. He was getting to the bucket uh, and was really effective in that way. But he also looked very comfortable shooting from beyond the arc. Uh, I think this was the Cam Carter that we heard a lot about this offseason because there was a lot of optimism around Cam uh, in the Ice family basketball training facility. uh, And now we're really starting to see it translate to the court. And then Tyler Perry as well. He played 35 minutes with 7 of 9 from the field, 6 of 8 from 3. Made his two free throws. He finished with 22 points. He had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 turnovers. So Tyler Perry... Really starting to come into his own as a shooter. Jerem Tank called him the best shooter in America this offseason. And if he can keep shooting 6 of 8 from 3, then I will gladly give him that title. (laughs) Will McNair, he played 20 minutes and again Mm -hmm. continued to pleasantly surpass expectations. Uh, He's went 5 of 7 from the field, including a transition dunk on a steal that he created, which I did not expect to see from him.
0: Nope, can't say I saw that one coming.
1: (laughs) And he got 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 turnover, a block, and 2 steals. So, really stuffing the stat sheet for Will McNair. Um, Really impressive. David Gasson, he played 22 minutes He only had six points, but he did have a few nice dunks. He had a really nice pass behind the back to Will McNair at one point as well. Uh, He went three of six, uh, finished with six, but he did have 11 rebounds as well. So he finished um, doing really well on rebounds. He's been doing pretty well rebounding the entire season so far. I believe he had a double-double against USC, Uh, but he did have four fouls and had a few frustrating plays at times, did have a nice assist but did also have two turnovers. So it was an up-and-down game for David Gasan. A little better in the second half, though. And then Day-Day Ames earned the start, but he didn't have his best night. Only two points, 0-3 from the field, made two free throws, and then had three fouls as well. He did get seven assists, which led the team, but he did have four turnovers to go with it, and then he added a steal. So regressed a bit from his game against Bellerman, probably trying to force the issue a little bit too much, but still, he's very promising. And it was nice to see him still be willing to... Uh, create opportunities for others when the ball isn't going through the net for him.
0: Yeah. And that's that, I think, is the mark of a really good guard, is even if they don't have it, they can, they can get it to other people who do that night. But in terms of the bench players, you had RJ Jones creating a new favorite in terms of Alley Cat memes. Uh, 19 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. 2 of 3 on his free throws, got 2 rebounds, 2 fouls, 3 assists, 1 block, 14 total points. Buddy Rich played 15 minutes, 4-6 from the field, including a yam to close out the game. Uh, 0-1 from 3. I don't remember the 3.
1: It was like a partially blocked one, I think, so I think that's why we forgot it.
0: Okay. Uh, 3 boards, 2 turnovers, 1 steal, 8 total points. Jarrell Colbert, 15 minutes, 1 of 2 from the field. 2 rebounds, 4 fouls, 1 turnover, 4 blocks, 1 steal, 2 points. I think you take the fouls with the blocks there. Uh, Dorian, 11 minutes, Dorian Finister, I should say. Uh, 11 minutes, 1 or 2 from the field, 1 rebound, 1 foul, 3 turnovers, 2 points. And then Taj Manning, 8 minutes, 2 rebounds, 1 foul, 1 steal, no points. So, again, eh, you take those, especially if you're shooting 56 from 3.
1: Yeah, especially if you're shooting on the second half, 65% from the field and 72% in the second half from 3. I mean, this was a game where K-State was their five-out offense where you need to make shots. We finally saw what can happen if you do make your shots. We're going to be giving up a lot more points this year, but that's just a a lot of that's going to be due to our pace of play because our um, offensive philosophy with five-out is going to be space and pace. And so we're going to be moving really fast, and we're going to be trying to move the ball around the arc or get easy layups or dunks. And with that pace there's going to come more opportunities for other teams. Uh, the defense still could be better. It's a little leaky at times, porous, if you will. But, uh, and then Jarrell Colbert getting four fouls isn't the best. But I think that's something he's going to figure out with experience. He's foul prone right now, but some of that is because this is really his first extended action as a D1 athlete. The promise is there and he's a great rim protector. Uh, but it's just going to take him a bit to start to really get used to blocking shots without the fouls. Michaela uh, Bridge finally started to put some stats on the board in this game. Hopefully, that makes him a little more comfortable. Um, RJ Jones, though, the, I think he was the um, marquee guy of this uh, of this game, other than Cam Carter and Tyler Perry. RJ Jones had some big time threes, including an and one three at one point, uh, which I nearly forgot about. But uh, he was clearly having a lot of fun on the floor in 14 minutes and nine or 14 points in 19 minutes, uh, hyper efficient. I'll take that any day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The next game for the men's catsketball squad will be in the Bahamar, uh, hoops Bahamas championship, which we will actually be able to see because it will not be on flow hoops. Uh, the women's team did not get the same fate with the, uh, Gulf coast classic or showdown showcase. What are those? Uh, <laughs> showcase. I think it's showcase.
1: It. It's Showcase.
0: All right, awesome. But uh, you get Providence in the first round of the Bahamar boop, hoop, Boops. Hoops Bahamas Championship. And then the next game, you get Georgia or a reunion with an old friend in Miami and Nigel Pack, a ranked Miami squad.
1: I could only wish that Marquise Noel was still on this team.
0: I would love to see those two
1: duke it out. In a duel of point guards, I think it would be a back and forth battle, fist to fist. (laughs) The toughest, scrappiest guard would have won. However, Marquise was too big for this game because he had to go score points for the Toronto Raptors. (laughs) Which, congratulations to him getting his first NBA bucket. Uh, a couple of nights ago from when you're listening to this. Uh, he dropped a nice dime and uh, garbage time for the Raptors and then got a bucket as well. So big shout out to him. Nigel Pack is still having fun in college, though. I can't really blame him. He's getting paid a lot of money to live in Miami and play basketball. So.
0: Yeah, you can't blame the guy for that. Yeah. Sounds like a happy ending for
1: both of them, honestly. But
0: Yeah, no apologies afterwards either. Yeah. But I, I don't think my voice could survive a wacky segment of the week. <laughs> I really don't. So, I don't know. You have any? You have any final thoughts?
1: Um, it's absolutely crazy to me that, that Iowa will almost certainly be in the championship of the Gulf Coast Showcase, and K State could very well be there as well. Um, that seems like a bit of a... I think, in truth, it's probably a scheduling mishap.
0: Oh, it almost certainly is,
1: but. It's pretty crazy to get to face the same top five like RPI team twice in the season. So that's going to do wonders if we get to that game. If we get to that game, that will do wonders for our non-conference strength of schedule. So there's that, I guess. Uh, facing the same team twice, I guess you can... I don't know how much you draw from the second meeting because it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah, uh, Iowa's going to really be out for us this time.
0: Yeah, but they won't have home cooking.
1: That is true. So this maybe is the ultimate barometer. It's the neutral game. Because we've seen home and home for both sides. So maybe what we really needed was a game in a different time zone. To figure <laughs> out who is the uh, the true victor between the two of us. But um, either way, we're still up 2-0 in the last two seasons on them. So they can't do anything to fix that in just one match.
0: Yeah, until of course we beat them in the natty.
1: That is true. That is true. Waiting. Wait. <laughs> you know what? Normally I... I tell you to calm down with that, but for tonight, I'll entertain that and say I can't wait for this K-State women's basketball natty.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks for letting me have this.
1: I mean, LSU did just get kind of waxed by Colorado to begin the year, so it actually isn't unrealistic at this point. We'll just get waxed by South Carolina instead.
0: True. Which, that could have happened to anybody. I would rather lose to them than to LSU. Well, it's exclusively because of Kim Mulkey.
1: Yes, it actually is. I, I really like
0: Don Staley. She's a fantastic coach. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville ACATS. If you want to email us, we're aggievillealleycats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us more personally, I am at acedwards00.
1: I'm Mac Conner-Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you
0: want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alleycats merch store and link in the podcast and Twitter bio. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alleycats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Cats.